Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. We're back again with Dan Galinsky. This is the second part of our conversation about the Cavaliers vets. This half of the conversation is going to be about Kevin Love. Dan, what did you think of Kevin Love's play this season? Uh, well, it was, it was definitely a bumpy ride. Uh, as Cavs fans know, he definitely had his, I guess, on four hiccups, if you will, from a team dynamic. is kind of hard to see that at times. We all remember the uh, kind of like dodgeball elimination pass at Cape. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think, honestly, overall, his, his play was – Silently very good. Uh, had a near right off a career high and effective field goal percentage and uh, was really good in the mid post. Uh, still has silently one of the better mid range kind of mid post ups uh, games in the NBA. And uh, st- I mean, you ideally don't want to have to have Kevin Love. As, as much of a playmaking guy as he needs to be at this point in his career going forward. But uh, I, I thought he was really solid. Um, had one inner 18 and 10 uh, in, I think, three points of assists. So I thought he was actually very good, um, kind of silently there, especially kind of after he apologized for his, his on-floor issues. But yes, uh, I, I was actually very pleased with the love, personally. Yeah. I think obviously the the off well on court displeasure and off court displeasure with some of his teammates. I think we've seen well he didn't handle it well at the time. I think he is kind of handling the whole situation now a lot better as far as not you know continuing to publicly berate Colin Sexton for their fit together. You know, he's come out and said that you know he's he does like playing with Colin or whatever. Just not still just voicing his displeasure with the team every opportunity he gets. I think moving forward, that's big for him, just kind of showing his own character and for the team having a little bit of flexibility as far as, you know, it's not a, oh my gosh, we got to get this guy out of here right now for anything we can. It's something where you can, you can keep him around and he's not just going to completely blow up the entire locker room. Right. Yeah, he's he's definitely stepped up as a leader, I would say. Um, especially, it, you kind of saw it with Bickerstaff. You just, I mean, you're going to get that with an in-season head coaching change, by and large. Um, that happens often, but uh, he is, was, like, especially a, a much more model teammate uh, after he apologized. And it, it seemed, he seems much more genuine in that way now. Um, yes. Hit the nail on the head there, and um, he's openly or, or publicly commented kind of Sexton's work ethic and um, how he's really kind of how he uh, really was progressing leading it on guess. So, um, yeah, I, I think going forward, the, the, the team dynamic with him won't be an issue. I think having bigger staff around now and ending the John Beeline experiment, I mean, I think you can say this for any Cavalier, but... Kevin Love is in the same boat. I think having Bickerstaff around moving forward is going to be good for him. Not having to deal with the disaster that was John Beeline's coaching tenure with the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. 
hundred percent. And and if I could say that more than hundred percent, it made sense. I would. But yeah, it's it's not so much the uh, it's the the inexperience. I mean, he had been around basketball forever, but yeah, yeah, it, it's the NBA. It's there's a lot more than X's and O's when, from a head coaching standpoint. You kind of have to guys are going to trust coaches that have been around the NBA game specifically more more so than others, and uh, it, it's it was not going to be a Brad Stevens esque thing. <laughs> no, just tell early on. Um, yeah, that like they started four and five, but a large part of that was the the opponents they were playing, and and they were kind of more filled with rebuilding teams. And uh, it, any yeah, it's it was just bound to blow up, and and even in press conferences, you could just tell uh, it, it just seemed like he is after the a couple of months, he just seemed like he was just so stressed, and it, you could just it was just wearing on him. Yeah. Do you think Kevin Love can ever make it back to an All-Star game? And do you think that that's something that could happen in Cleveland? Uh, I, I think no and no, personally. I, it's just when you watch Love, he's the back injuries he's had, I think he's I mean, he's a really good shooter, one of the better shooting bigs in the league. Uh, it, it honestly shoots off movement pretty well for a big, too. But he just, I don't think he's a 20-point-a-game scorer again in his career. He's just... Unfortunately for Cavs fans, I just—he's not the same finisher inside. He's not really a nearly the low post presence he used to be outside of like when he gets kind of cross matched onto Smalls. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't personally see him as honestly like a, a first option guy again. And to me, at least on, from the Cavs' sake, that's they're not going to probably be a multiple All Star team for a while. And for that to be the case, you kind of have to be that first option. And I just, I personally don't see it um, with him, which is, I mean, it's not a, a slight to him, but I don't, I don't think there is going to be that like explosion when it comes to a scoring output. Um, like, I, I don't really think he's going to get 30 point games all that frequently, for example. Yeah. And I think as time goes on, his, his, Usage is probably going to decrease kind of steadily. So, especially yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. kind of gets more in the fold. And um, I would think that next year they, I mean, if he is the starting one, which, I mean, if they get a guard, is probably not the case for that long. But I would imagine Garland is kind of going to lead more into a more of a key scoring role, too, because that's what they want to see from him. Yeah. So I, I, I personally just don't think that's really in the cards for love anymore for either of them. I mean, we, we saw him fill that role, especially in Minnesota. Obviously, he is not the same player that he was in Minnesota. His his body and his game are completely different than they were then. And I think that if we were going to see it, we would have probably seen it by now. You know, in the, the first year after LeBron left, he just dealt with so many injuries. I think a lot of people were kind of hoping for a big breakout year the year after LeBron left. As having him as the one one option again, we didn't see that because of injuries. But not seeing it really, he had he had obviously he had a fine year, but not seeing that really breakout again this season. I don't really think that he has that all star level of play 
And especially with the Cavs, with all these other mouths to feed, you know, Colin Sexton, Darius, and Kevin Porter are going to take a lot of shots. And right. especially if Andre Drummond is around, that's another mouth that you're going to have to feed. So I agree. that I, I think, at least in Cleveland, you know, maybe he gets into a different situation wherever else he goes, and it just it's a much better situation for him there. But even then, again, I just don't think he has that I agree with you. I don't think he has that same game to where he's a number one option who's going to be giving you 30 on a regular basis. Yeah, totally with you there. Um, How likely is it that Love will be traded out of Cleveland? Is there a chance that you think he could finish out his current contract here? Or do you think that it's the ratings on the wall that he's going to be traded at some point, even if it's not this next season? Uh, I don't think he'll finish it out, but... Um, I would think, I think Evan Damerell Forbes, uh, uh, he's kind of touched on it before, but, uh, I just, I would imagine that, uh, before or kind of after the 2021 kind of key free agents, uh, land in their new spots or, or what have you, I think he's kind of that post free agency kind of trade piece that teams look to. Is kind of that second tier, uh, kind of star esque player that they're looking for, or uh, to kind of fill that role um, as a trade piece. Um, I, I would think, gut feeling that he'll last through this next season with the Cavs, just because of how the pandemic could impact the the salary cap. But I would probably think that he would not. Or, be in a new spot going into 2021-22. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Say he does finish out his contract. At that point, do you think that there's any chance that he would resign with Cleveland? He'd be 34 at the end of this contract. Just, again, looking forward, and this is kind of way too far into the future to really speculate, but if he does finish out this contract in Cleveland and by some miracle he isn't traded – do you think that he would have interest at that point and just saying, you know, again, you're, you're 34, you're you're near the end of your career. Would he just stick it out in Cleveland or do you think moving forward he'll he'll stay with his current mindset of I would like a trade out of here or I just I'd just like to leave? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fair question. Um I think if it came to that point uh I mean from a I guess from that perspective if you were already kind of sticking around for that amount of time, I would think uh, it, it might just be, I mean, the Cavs could be, they could be a playoff team by then, I would think. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, that'll be three years from now, so. Right, and I think if the Cavs hopefully get their kind of franchise centerpiece, such as uh, Kate Cunningham next, the the following draft, or say they get Jonathan Kaminga or, um, other pieces down the line. Uh, I, I think that, I think, yeah, definitely. I would think Love would definitely consider coming back um, if, it, if he were already here for that amount of time anyhow um, to kind of be that kind of later, I guess, locker room piece, um, kind of extension of the coaching staff by that point. Um, yeah, yeah, he definitely would in that scenario. Yeah, and I agree, just considering... You know, the reason that he signed this extension in Cleveland was thinking, you know, hey, LeBron's not here, but this is still a team that's trying to compete. So 
I think even if the Cavaliers weren't title contenders, if they were you know, a, a legitimate playoff team, I think he would definitely be interested in staying. Yeah, yeah, to- totally 100% agree there. Cavs fans, we hope you love Cavalier Central. If you're looking for more great basketball podcasts to listen to, please check out these other shows from the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, and Beyond the Ball. Obviously, trade rumors are going to continue this season. You said you think that he's going to stay with the Cavs this coming season. Probably will, again, shop him at the deadline, but there's a good chance that they wait until after all the free agency pieces land next year to see who who's in a position to go after a star and who, who struck out in free agency or whatever. And obviously, Kevin Love, assuming, again, he maintains that level of play that he's been at, will probably have more value the further we get into this thing just because his contract is going to be shorter. Looking at some trades this season, though, kind of similar to what we did with Andre Drummond, do you have any any ideas of trades that we could see for Kevin Love this season? Um, I, I would think the kind of Love-Horford swap is, will, could be kind of gain some momentum eventually, um, at least leading into the deadline. Um, we'll, we'll continue to monitor how uh, if – Horford, maybe he has a better year um, and can actually be viable um, with Joel Embiid, but uh, that that's one I could. I'm not saying I, I'd be crazy about, but he's still a, a valuable player, and can, if he's kind of featured more, is kind of like a five playmaker, five out guy. Um, that's one I could see both sides considering because. Uh, is still a very good defender when when he's able to be out there for long stretches and uh, at least from Philly's standpoint, I think Love is going to continue continue to be a possible target for them just because um, I mean I guess we'll see if Ben Simmons can improve as a shooter, but that would, I would think Love and Embiid would be a terrific duo um, right there is is what I would think and. Um, Damrell actually had uh, a possible idea uh, for a trade with Brooklyn, which I thought was pretty intriguing. Um, basically, they get love and the Cavs would bring back um, Garrett Temple, Torian Prince, and uh, Jared Allen. It's kind of Jared Allen would be kind of that key piece. The and, centerpiece, yeah. yeah. And that, that's one that uh, I, I'd be more than fine with. Uh, you, I don't really see the Cavs being able to get really a better from a compensation standpoint than that one. Um, just no, be- I think, yeah, getting Jared Allen, which is somebody who can be your starting center, I think that would be an absolute, you know, that that would be a very good trade for Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. And and from Brooklyn's side of, side of that, um, they, they still would be getting a, a really good four big um, from a shooting standpoint with KD. Um, and Kyrie, and and you'd still have DeAndre Jordan there to kind of do the dirty work. So yeah, um, it, that could that could be like a, a deal that would work out for both sides pretty well, actually. Yeah, and I think Bradley Beal is likely to be Brooklyn's number one option or number one target going into f- this off season. 
trading for him. And we've also seen now some rumors that they have some interest in Zach Levine. But assuming that Levine is off the market and that they aren't able to get Beal, I think that Kevin Love is a very realistic target for them. Somebody who you know, Brooklyn doesn't have forever to wait on this. They've waited all this season. And Kevin Love is somebody who they could get who would, you know, take them to another level right away. So I definitely agree with that making sense for both sides. Also, just going back to the um, the, the Philly trade with Horford, I think the fact that Horford is coming off the bench for them right now is not something that they want to have to deal with long-term. Obviously, he's a very good player off the bench for them, but I think Kevin Love is a much better fit for them who can slide in at that power forward. And yes, they still have Tobias, and they... Tobias is kind of a power forward. Ben Simmons is kind of a power forward. But I would rather have that than two centers on the floor and Horford and Embiid. Right. Uh, Going to, we talked about it with Andre Drummond. I'll mention it again with Love. I think this one actually makes a little bit more sense than Love, even though I wouldn't go for it. If Golden State isn't impressed with Andrew Wiggins next season, could we see Kevin Love for Andre Wiggins part two? Or Andrew Wiggins, not Andre. You're good. Um, uh, well, it, I mean, I would think the Cavs. I mean, it, it, you have to consider it, but um, just, I mean, just for my take, I, I'd rather just hold on to Love and kind of hold out for a potential better option. Um, yeah. And and the reason I say that is just because maybe maybe you consider that uh, kind of more down the road. Um, if you did that maybe hold out a year um, then you have a year less of Wiggins deal. Yeah. And then they can kind of add some more defensive pieces around him. Maybe he could do better in that role um, then. Uh, But I just would rather see if you can get a draft pick and kind of allow them to develop more so than give them the minutes. And that could still impact um, like Windler and, and Porter's minutes to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I, that, just from my perspective, I'd rather the Cavs kind of hold on to love. Um, at least he's, I mean, he's not an all-star anymore. He's not, not a star really, but I just think he impacts games much more than Wiggins at this point. That's my take. I agree completely. And I think the Cavaliers definitely would get some draft compensation and back from that. I think, the best part of the entire deal is just the irony of it. And that's really the main reason I bring it up. Yeah. But it, it, it definitely throw cast fans for a loop for sure. <laughs> Looking at another one and I don't have like a finalized trade for this just because we don't know what rosters are going to look like. We don't know what contracts teams are going to have, but I think the Rockets would be a good fit for Kevin Love, especially with next year. PJ Tucker will be a year older and I think he could play that quote-unquote center position for the Rockets. I think if they were to package Eric Gordon with some matching salary and, again, draft compensation, that's something that I think we could see as a realistic possibility. Yeah, oh yeah, I, that I would, I'd be all for if they were able to do that, definitely. And for the Rockets' standpoint, love really, you would think fit in well, and I mean, they have their defensive concerns as is, but, um, yeah, Love would, would fit them really well. 
uh, could be a, a hell of a pick and pop piece with, with Harden and Westbrook still. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I Garrett Gordon is still a really, really solid player. You know what you're getting from him. Uh, at least, I mean, he can start at the two for you if you need him to. Um, definitely a, a what I guess microwave bench for um, if if he needed an add roll too. Um, that that would be perfectly fine with, with added uh, potentially added draft comp- compensation too. I'd, I, yeah, I'd be all for that one. Yeah, Kevin Love would dramatically, drastically increase the. Rockets rebounding numbers, which they're one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Obviously, having that shooting big is essential if you're going to play in Houston. And it'd also be fun to see Love and Westbrook back together, college teammates. Yeah, for sure. Getting Eric Gordon back again, I, I, I like him as a player, but his contract is, again, kind of problematic. He's, I think his contract extends, I think, three or four years past like this season right now and he's making upwards of I think 20 million at the end of that deal and he's going to be in his mid-30s at that point so I really am not sure why Houston gave him that contract in the first place I definitely would not have it's almost like you got to assume that they're thinking that they want to move him in the future so doing that and getting a player like Kevin Love in return obviously they offered four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler last offseason. So we know that they are a team who is willing to make an all-in move. Obviously, they traded for Russell Westbrook, too. So they're they're a team that is willing to make all-in moves. And I think Kevin Love is somebody who could realistically be their next target. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could. Um, and I still think there's – we could still – see some rumors kind of pop up here and there from Denver's standpoint too. Um, especially we'll, we'll see how bull bull kind of, if he can actually be a factor or, or MPJ, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, that, if either of those guys can be, you know, long-term answers at the power forward, I kind of see that being less likely, likely, but with both of those guys having injury concerns and I mean, not that Kevin Love is a great defender, but also defensive concerns. I think that that's, another yeah another real possibility moving forward yeah you just i mean packaging that with salary matching that sort of thing but uh yeah i think with love there's a number of possibilities but it's all kind of just looking more down the road and and i would just think for teams other teams sake they they'd want to have that deal uh kind of trimmed down more so to two years left instead of three that's just that's just what i think and i agree yeah, just, again, having a shorter salary is, as, again, as long as he maintains or is close to the level that he's at right now, having less of those max years on your books is going to be really, really important for teams. I mean, that's why they couldn't trade him this offseason, or this past season, right. because teams were asking for, for assets to take on his money. So, one last trade that I had was the Utah Jazz if Conley disappoints next season, could we see a Conley for love swap? Uh, I, I don't think from the Cavs standpoint, that's really something they'd be interested in just because uh, I would just think to them, love could at least kind of, at least he has, you have chemistry building with, with him with the guards um, over time. And 
I, I don't really think adding another one is is really like what they're looking for, at least from a trade standpoint. So I I, yeah. don't, I don't really see that as as that feasible. That's just what I think. Adding Conley as a starting guard into the the rotation of Exum, Sexton, Garland, KPJ would definitely be throwing a wrench into it. But looking at it from a contract perspective, obviously the the Jazz are getting the better player, but the Cavaliers would be getting off of some money next offseason if they were to trade for Conley. And, well, it's not the same situation because we saw him trade for a center when we already had Drummond. We have seen the Cavaliers trade for players who play a position that isn't necessarily a dire need. Conley's getting older. So coming off the bench for a half season, you know, I think he's professional enough to be willing to do that, especially as I said, you know, his his play took a pretty severe decline this season, and we could see that again next offseason or next season. So probably not super realistic and again the Jazz might not want to tie themselves up to that much money when they can get off of Conley after that year. But just from a standpoint of getting somebody who is, is you know, a professional on and off the court and getting off of that money, the Cavaliers aren't expected to be, you know, huge free agency players next offseason. But that would give them some probably spending money with Andre Drummond and Kevin Love coming off the books. Or not Kevin Love, but Mike Conley coming off the books. Yeah, I mean, it's you make a good point there. Yeah, I mean, he's Conley's said to be expiring after 2021. So, um, yeah, it's just, I don't don't know if the Jazz would would want that salary dumped onto him for for those future years. But, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it, from the cap standpoint, it's, I mean, you make a good point about the kind of added uh, cap space they could have. And, um, I mean, it's it's definitely worth considering for them. But I just, I don't really see the Jazz is really considering that all that much. Because, yeah. and who knows, they could um, eventually kind of look to trade Rigo Bear and see if they could kind of piece together that to work better for them. Mm-hmm. Is is kind of that piece, but um, he, I think he's still. I mean, at least for their sake, impacts winning a, a hell of a lot, and probably more than love. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't. It, it's a worthy consideration. I just I don't see the Jazz eventually doing that unless they no. swore to attach one, maybe two assets with it, and I don't think Alden wants to do that. No, I okay, it'd be one of those all-in moves for. For Utah, you know, with Rudy Gobert's future uncertain, and you still have Donovan Mitchell, but it, it'd be one of those all-in moves, and that's a good point that the Cavaliers would probably have to attach some sort of asset to it, and if you know that you have a, a real shot at getting a high-caliber free agent, then maybe you consider that, but I really don't see that being a real possibility right now for the Cavs, so... Just kind of another thing that I'm just kind of throwing out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 a solid solid uh, novel idea. I just it's just with the Cavs, uh, uh, they value clearly value love a hell of a lot more than anybody else. So. Yes, they do. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just there's it's just the problem is with teams for for love deals. They're still 
probably going to have apprehension about is he going to be locked in? Is uh, is he going to actually be able to stay healthy? And um, I mean, even this year he was mostly healthy and still did miss. I mean, he played. He still did miss nine games out of sixty-five, which I mean is not a yeah. number, but it's for a, that concern is always there. Yeah, and that's just kind of where I'm thinking in that way. And at least for the Cavs, I mean. They clearly value him more than anyone else, but uh, they—they're, I guess, they—they really are not going to just dump him. So um, at this point, for them, they just figure they're—they're they're not going to get equal value back. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll that goes. But I, I really think with um, that next going into the next season, we'll we'll see that happen now. One little last thing that I want to get into: talking again about draft selections. How would this? How would drafting, say, a guard like LaMelo Ball impact Kevin Love? I think having a natural playmaker like that, you know, and again, we were talking about, you know, is he somebody who can really get back to all-star form? Maybe not, but playing with some pieces that complement him better, like a LaMelo, a LaMelo Ball who would be able to get him the ball in better positions, or an Oyeka Nkongwu who is, you know, projected to be a very, very versatile defender who could take a little bit of pressure off of Love down low. Could we see a guy like that boost his trade value because he's playing better with, you know, a real guy who complements his game? Uh, I, I don't know if it... I mean, yeah, those two pieces could definitely help Love. Um, I think Okongu especially, um, just with this space he can carve out. Uh, I, I think the, the issue is with Ball... Uh, I just, the, you have to be able to be a threat as a shooter, and it, that shooting form is, I mean, it's, it's... It's ugly. It's improved a little bit, but you just have real concerns there. Um, and he has injury concerns as well. So, I mean, honestly, like, pl- I understand the Cavs had issues getting love the, the ball in the mid-post here and there, but is, is Garland, honestly, like, as the season progressed, he did was a much better playmaker, Um and I, I think they can kind of piece together playmaking enough. And I, I just – I don't know how much you – if Ball was drafted, if that would lead to really higher usage for Love anyway. Uh, I, I mean, he still gets his share of good looks. And I, I just – I think a Kongu would, would be kind of the better fit and have more of that impact with Love. Um, I, I think that could be like a really formidable front court for coming years, like kind of looking down the road. And Okongwu is a really good passer in his own right, too. Um, at least from a bit, like, much more so as, in terms of the instincts than, than Drummond, even though the numbers don't show it. Um, but, yeah, and I, I don't really see those two having an impact enough to really boost Love's value, though. Yeah. All right, well, that's all I got. Um, again, thank you so much for doing this. If you want to, again, plug what you're doing one last time, all right, yeah, uh, this is Dan Galinsky, just to recap. Um, I'm the site expert at King James Gospel, uh, the fan site, it's Cavs site. Um, and thank you so much for having me on, Justin. This was a blast, man. I had a lot of fun, too. Thank you so much for doing this. And um, thank everybody for listening. Rate review if you enjoyed it. And be on the lookout for another episode coming soon. Thank you. All right, of course. Thanks, man.
Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.